Welcome back to the DMP pod. Today is Wednesday, November 9th, episode 72. Um, we're back. Yesterday was election day. Um, I myself exercised my right to vote. Um, my uh, fellow friend, Matt, how you doing? Did you vote yesterday? Yes, got my sticker. Um, yeah, yeah. Doing okay. I woke up a little under the weather, so this is a, a flu game for the boy. So everyone yeah. should feel some sympathy when they're listening to my uh, my sick voice. But woke up not feeling my best, and to top it off, took two L's on the sneakers app. So should have been prepared for it, but really wanted those uh, Zion Voodoo ones and lost out, which wasn't too happy about. Young chamomile. Um, that is I. Zion's got shoes. He dresses like Luther Vandross, but the man's got some <laughs> shoes. I'm not gonna lie. He does. Um, so, so his signature shoe isn't that great, but they did a Jordan One low top um, with the with the voodoo um, design. I don't know if you've seen them. They're f- very fire. I'm super pissed. I missed out on them, and I also missed out on the Fruity Pebbles dunks this morning. So it's been pretty I shitty. Fucking, I yeah. like the Fruity Pebble dunks. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know those were Zion's. Those voodoos. Yeah, those are his. So he's got right the now. Zion. I think he has his own signature shoe. He's up to number two now, Zion mm-hmm. Twos, and they did a they did a voodoo colorway. Uh, it looks a lot like an air trainer or something. <laughs> his yeah. bulky ass basketball shoes, but these low top ones are hot fire. Um, and they didn't make a bunch of them, so I'm I'm annoyed that I have to go to a third party now to eventually cop. Hey man, one eighty two on StockX. Things might be looking up for you. You never know. Yeah, we'll see. That size 11 usually fucks me over, but <laughs> we'll see. Most so Typical not... foot for an average yeah. male. Yeah, The most <laughs> average white male you could draw up. Um, but yeah, didn't mean to hijack the intro, but had to had to get that off my chest. Nah. Fuck, fuck this Nike. Is a, uh, this is a safe space, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, well, we are, what, a month into the season now? We... Um... Played last night, or I guess Monday night. Um, your boy was in the building for the second matchup of the year against the Kings. Um, snuck that one out. I mean, I mean, we <laughs> no Man. other way to say it. We uh, opened up pretty hot. Bench gave it away. We'll be talking a <laughs> lot about the bench today. Um, all mm-hmm. it took was a forty-seven point outing by Steph Curry, shooting seventy percent from the field. Um, for us to win against Sacramento Kings. Before getting into it, I will say it was nice to kind of get a little California rivalry in uh, Chase Center last night. Um, yeah, how were the vibes? Show good showing out for the Sacramento Kings. Um, okay, not that I've been to a lot of Warriors Kings games in the past, but for some reason, just given their, if you want to call it success this year i mean they're still not placing well but they're still fun and entertaining to watch um yeah and the warriors are challenging team or are a tough team right now as far as like trying to get wins so it made for a nice playing in the mud type environment um kings fans know how to show out at chase i feel like um so yeah it was a good environment the only thing i wish i didn't or the only thing i wish i could have saw was if they were to win Sacramento's purple light beam that they shoot up into the sky. Mm. Um, I'm a little huge homage. fan of that. Yeah, little so. homage to Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, missed the purple laser beam, but um, respect got it. a W. So let let me ask you, as a person that was there live in the flesh, what were yes. the what was the commotion? Because I I was at the finals game where J.R. Smith forgot the time on the clock, whose possession it was, all that, and there was just 
mass confusion when that play happened. When uh, Herger went up for that last three, and mm-hmm. the refs now have gone back and said that it was a foul and they missed that call. What was the what was it like in the building? Like, was it confusion? Did you guys all think it was a clean play? Did you think right off the bat, fuck, he's going to the line? Um, so I was like, that looks like a foul. I hope they don't call that. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie. I think given how the game went, people were just ready to get the fuck out of there. Um yeah. there wasn't like booing. Um, the refs were bad on both sides. Like, I'm not sure how it was picked up on the broadcast, but there was a lot of very loud ref you suck chants going on last night. And I think oh, we heard them so, on the TV. Yeah. So I think everybody was pissed that game. Um, I do think that Clay gave him a nice high five and gave him a nice little contact on that shot. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bang, bang play. In the game. Yeah. You kind of have to give the, uh, the nod to the, just to let the play go. Um, but yeah, he definitely got foul. Uh, but yeah, the crowd was ready to get the fuck out of there. There's people leaving before <laughs> that possession happened. Um, no shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was people wanted to get the hell out of here and go home. So, because <laughs> I mean, the the Warriors were trailing with, I don't know what was it like five minutes left in the game. Was it less than that? Three minutes? Man, it was getting rocky. I'm not gonna lie. Because um, w- Wiggins went on that personal like six zero run himself, where he banged back to back threes, and that kind of catapulted the comeback. But that was late. That was late in the fourth. I'm looking at the play-by-play right now. It, at 7.25 left in the fourth. Um, they were up seven. 97.90. Um, I think that was the highest. Yeah, that was the highest or the uh, biggest lead. Mm-hmm. Um, 6.17, was like was their biggest lead. So six minutes, Wiggins came in. Steph kind of went after it. Um, I mean, the fact that you got to go all out, put all your cards on the table, game like 10 of the year That's crazy. Um, to beat the Kings, to be third in the Pacific Division and 11th in the West. Yeah, it's it's tough times for the Doves. I'm not going to lie. Not, not a great sign for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up the play-by-play right now as well. And it looks like the Warriors didn't – I mean, we tied it up with uh, a minute and 53 left in the game. And then finally took the lead with a minute and twenty four with a, a step back jumper from from Steph. Yeah, I mean we um, were but that's we were, crazy. Uh, um like getting buckets on the end, but like and we'll talk mm-hmm. about it more, but like we just could not stop anybody. Like Yeah. I mean, credit to De'Aaron Fox. He's nasty. Herder was I thought he had a lot more. And what it looked like on the stat sheet because every time he got a look, it was a big bucket. Um, yeah, he made him count. Yeah, man. Keegan Murray looked pretty good. Davion, I've never seen a non shooter shoot more than Davion Mitchell. <laughs> oh boy, was chucking last night. Let him um, fly. Malik oh Monk had an incredible game, too. Yeah, like 28. Yeah, he was the one who yeah. like kept them going. So, yeah, man, it was it was a tough game, but it was fun overall. Um, anytime you get to see Steph go off like that. The way he did, um, you just kind of sit there in awe. Yeah, we're so spoiled with him pulling this out of his ass. Like that was a finals esque performance to not let his team lose, and you could see how tired he was and how just I think annoyed he was that he literally had to do everything. He wasn't really getting the calls he wanted. That tech that they threw on him was uncharacteristic to say the least. Um, 
But man, these guys got to give us we're going to get to that, but we got to help this guy out. Like he can't do this every game, obviously. Yeah. And he, they asked him about it after, and, and you can tell he's kind of doing like the thing, what coaches do, where it's like, I'm going to get a tech just to get people fired up. Like, yep. Yep. That's something you don't want to happen. Like <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't get there. 10 games into the season. Like we shouldn't have like our guys having to like inspire to some sort of fire in our bench. Because there's literally zero fire on the bench. Um, I mean, JP included. Like, you just watch him last night. Minga looks defeated. Wiseman looks defeated. Moody looks defeated. Um, we're playing Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb over these guys, which is not where we wanted to be. Um, go back to the tapes during the preseason. You and I were jumping for joy out of what we saw from our bench. So, I think, um, yeah. Everyone moment. Yeah. I mean, people on Twitter were posting up photos of the Warriors second unit with uh Poole, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, and uh I think maybe Jamichael Green. Michael and and saying like this five could beat starters in the league. Like uh, I think we got a little bit ahead of ourselves here. Let's let's pump the brakes and, and make these fellows earn it before yeah. throwing around that. Yeah. And I do think Dante is gonna play a big role into making that bench unit a little bit better. He's not the fix. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. Like I was, and we've seen this kind of go around. You look at like sort of how our starting unit has become, you know, statistically the best starting five in the NBA with mm-hmm. our bench unit being literally the worst as far as Dead point lines. differential, um, offensive, defensive rating. So it's like, we saw this on the road trip. No matter what sort of lead we pull out to, it's it's not safe with the way our bench cannot play defense, can't hit shots. I mean, last night, no one wanted to shoot. It was just like, let's just find Clay who's going to chuck or let's just find Steph and let him go ISO, which is what we needed to get a win like that. So, Right. Um, but I think, yeah. I think getting, uh, I mean, a big glaring hole that – I think is kind of going under the radar. You mentioned before is Dante being out. He was out this entire road trip. This entire road trip is where the rotations really were, were getting messed with the most. And and Ty Jerome was getting the most minutes that people weren't expecting. Um, Yeah. And that's because he's a a safe ball handling pass first plus defender guard. And Dante DiVincenzo is going to get plugged right back into those minutes when he's back. And no, he's not good enough to fix everything, but I think with Dante coming back and plugging in that hole, uh, it will shore up a, a good amount of the uncertainty in that second unit for sure. Yeah, and I same goes with like the Anthony Lamb minutes. And I was talking to oh, uh, brother, shout out Keith, who went to the game with last night. He we were talking about Anthony Lamb, and we were both like, he's definitely like a Steve Kerr guy, and Ty Jerome's the same way. It's like. Yeah, that is just his style of player. Like he's not looking to shoot first. He's only going to shoot when wide open. Um, he's can pass. He can cut. He has a feel for the game, um, which is why you're not seeing people like Kuminga and Moody, for that matter, right now. Like not getting that much minutes because Kerr doesn't trust him. Um, and rightfully what's tough so. with young, rightfully so. But what's tough with young guys when you yank them like that? They don't have the experience to be like. I'm going to turn this into a positive. As you see on the bench, they're sitting there pouting. Like, yep. That Body video is horrible. That video that one of Steph's many threes that he hit last night, like, 
only DiVincenzo and Poole kind of reacted. Mm-hmm. Wiseman kind of gave a very like sulky three in the air. Kaminga walked on with his hands around his chest. Or he was folded. Yeah. Um, Moody was in slow motion. Like there was Moody there was, was in show motion. No, no energy, which is another thing Kerr's been calling for off the bench is these guys should be coming in ready to play with energy and they should be bringing the energy to the the vets that are already on the floor. Um, and these guys definitely, like you said, I mean, it's tough for young guys to to really get that concept and bring it every night. But until they do that, like these minutes aren't going to be consistent at all. And I hate to get back up on my soapbox, but this is why people were crying, 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 crying about Damian Lee being on the team, about JTA getting minutes last year. It's like these are the vets that you need on your bench that are high energy, that know the system, that know where they're supposed to be, that don't make a lot of mistakes. I guess you could argue that Damian Lee had more mistakes than others. Um, But those those are guys that you can trust and, and put in and not play them for three or four games and then say, oh, shit, we need something new off the bench. Get in there. And they're going to yeah. be ready to play and seize that opportunity. These young guys do not have that in them, at least not yet. Well, they're not just young. They're lottery picks. And it's like you're Jonathan Kaminga, you, you know, top ranked prospect going into the G League, you know, signed a contract in the G League, was initially projected, projected to go top three, drop to seven, go to the Warriors, get some run, look good, win a championship. And you got Anthony Lamb playing ahead of you. Like... <laughs> That's tough. I don't care who you are. You're not going to be like, this is tight. Like, I'm going to get ready to play when I get my four out of the, you know, four minutes a game. And then on Wiseman, similar story. Like, second overall pick, we're clearly on the on the road trip running the offense around him, similar to like we did when he was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're getting their spots taken. And, like, we can say, like, you know, toughen up. You know, if you're there to play with champions, but it's – they're kids, man. They never experienced this before. They've never ridden the bench before. Um, True. And you that's where you need like a JTA who is like the best person on earth right now, as far as just like lifting up a locker room, like Damian Lee to sort of like take him under the wing. Like we Iggy can't do it all. Iggy's in a way where he's like way too OG about it and like more coached than like mm-hmm. I guess Relatable. like a buddy. Yeah, because like D Lee and like JTA, they're still like close to 30. So they're still trying to be young and cool. Andre's sure. a man. He's a fucking four-year-old dude. Like he's not trying to he's a tech investor who plays a little hoop yeah. inside. Yeah. Yeah. He's a tech investor <laughs> podcaster who plays some hoop when he wants to. <laughs> right. Um so but imagine just... how much more in shambles we would be if Igadala was not on the bench. And there's a lot of people saying that that would be a wasted roster spot. Yeah, dude. But I will say, like, I don't know, like I feel like Maybe I need to listen to like his podcast more. Like, I feel like I'm not getting a sense of him like being super engaged with them as much as maybe last year. I don't know if they like. Yeah, I mean, I he's not talking about it. I I don't expect him to be the one to like keep everybody together. But um, I think it's something is just fucking off, and it's True. not sustainable. Yeah, I mean, I I literally did not think that we were going to get a win for I don't know how long. Like, I could not believe we pulled that one out last night. It was looking very, or the other night, it was not looking likely that we were going to get a win. That road trip was tough. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so it's nice that they have a few days off before they get back to it. Yeah. Um, other things that stood out Monday night was Jordan Poole kind of looked <laughs> sluggish. Passive? I don't know if he's... 
injured. He was holding this like green band that looks sort of like a resistance stretch band kind of thing. So maybe there's like a hammy calf, something that's bugging him. That could certainly be the case. It's not an excuse to shoot 25% from the field, two points in 22 minutes on Monday. And then like just below 30% shooting all road trip for the most part. Like, True, but in his in, and I hate to be the the pool defender, but in his defense, like we've seen, pool plays best when there's like pace and space, and totally. when he can get into a rhythm, and especially being in that second unit, like all they do is fucking foul, and of course he's part of the problem defensively as well. But there's he really hasn't had a chance to to kind of like cook and get into his zones. Um, I, I think I totally other, agree. Yeah, other teams have done a really good job at limiting him with that. And we, we've done a great job shooting ourselves in the foot in that regard as well. So I, th- I think he'll figure it out. It's nothing major to, to be concerned about. But, I mean, yeah, he, he's not playing well. And it is annoying after he signed that big contract. He's not playing well. And I agree. I think, like, I'm going to bring up the stats just because it's something to call out. But, like, you can't look at his plus minus and be like, his plus minus is a problem because he's playing with <laughs> fucking James Wiseman for five games on the road and Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb. So it's like... You kind of need to throw that out of the window, but it's not like he's not getting run with the starting unit. And that's where you sort of would expect him or hope that he would sort of be able to create his own bucket, find a shot. He just looks a little like like he's questioning certain things, especially on Monday. He had a few moments where he had open looks at the basket, chose to pass it out, ended up turning the ball over. Um, So it's one game. It's, It's looking much into it, but... right. He's also like a spark that we need to recount on. Like we need him also to go off for 30 and sort of like carry the bench unit like mentally as well as just like doing it from a production perspective. For sure. Totally agree with that. I, th- I think a big part of it too is uh, you could tell he really got into his head when he got called for those three uh, carries. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. that in New Orleans? I think it might have been New Orleans. Miami. Miami game, excuse me. Um, but you could tell that that really fucked with him. And uh in that game, he had nine points, five turnovers, just a really bad, really bad game. Came back against Orlando, uh, shot 33%, 11 points, four turnovers. Didn't necessarily play well against uh, the Pelicans when they sat all the vets. He had 20, but on a horrible 27% of shooting. So he really hasn't been himself since that nasty Miami game. Um, but you yeah, know, in due time, he'll get back to it, I think. So I got to get a little nerdy. Please. Um, I've been hearing this stat called Raptor. Have you heard of Raptor? Fill me in. I have not. <laughs> Stands for robust algorithm <laughs> in parentheses using player tracking and off on ratings. Um, so it's meant to measure the number of points a player contributes to team offense and team defense per 100 possessions relative to a league average player. So a player with an offensive Raptor rating of plus 1.5 will mean he improves his team offense by 1.5 points per 100 possessions while he's on the floor. Um, on the other side, a player with a defensive rating of 2.4 plus would mean he improves his defense, his defense by 2.4 possess, 2.4 points per 100 possessions. So, long way to say efficiency, good or bad player. You can actually look this up to see who are the players in ranking and sort of where they stand. So I'll give you a quick couple of guesses on some of the top five players um, that sort of have this Raptor number. Okay. Uh, I would 
there's offensive and defensive, right? Or is yeah. it all in one? Okay, so offensive. It, it's similar to like say... baseball's like wins above replacement. So it takes them like offensive right. defense efficiency. I would say Steph and Luca have to be at the top of uh, offense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I don't know who else has been cooking lately. Um, hmm, I don't think KD would be at the top, uh, especially because they haven't been winning. Is uh, is Lowry marketing towards the top? Um, Utah is a lot higher than you would fucking think. Yeah. Okay. So. Go ahead and give I'll it throw to some me. names out just to kind of give you an idea. So number one is Jokic, mm-hmm. um, number two Steph, number three Luca, number four Donovan Mitchell, number five Dejounte Murray. Oh uh, wow! Other standout players: Kevin Love's number seven, oh. Trey Jones from the Spurs is number eleven. Wow! A lot to make of this. Lori Markkinen, Kelly Olynyk are tied at fourteen, but also tied with a series of players. Such as Devin Booker, Jimmy Butler, Shea Gilgis, Desmond Bain, um, Jason Tatum. The rant's at 23. So So Kelly Olinick and uh and Devin Booker, same player. That's what the stats say. That's all that matters. <laughs> that's right? what they're telling you. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm read, reading. Read between the lines, baby. Yeah. I like so, it. So this you can look at literally every player right now. I need to call out right now, Jordan Poole is the last place in this at 251. Last? Jordan Poole. The, the bottom three, Jabari Smith Jr., rightfully so. He stinks. He's Killian Hayes, rightfully so, stinks. Jordan <laughs> Poole. Wow. I hate that for him. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You could have guessed that with the way he's been playing lately, right? And you're getting the bigger hit offensively, which is kind of surprising. Mm. Um, You would think it'd be more defensively. His offense is, is struggling. But I think a lot of that has to do with this last couple games. Poor shooting, um, turnovers, yeah. like it, it makes sense. But last week it got surfaced up around Wiseman being the worst player. Um, he's now been replaced by Jordan Poole. So <laughs> we got to fix some shit on the bench. Man. I say all that to say. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, so I guess the thing floating around now is when the uh, – when uh, I believe December is like December 15th or something is the date when um, newly signed contracts can be traded. Mm-hmm. So now there's a lot of, I know Tim, we were just talking, Tim Kawakami is starting a bunch of rumors online about if the time comes and things don't improve, Wiseman would be the one to go. Do you have anybody in mind playing devil's advocate here who you think we would be able to ship out or want to ship out for a James Wiseman type? Meaning who would we, who would we sh- trade Wiseman for? Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of names in the rumor mill. I think realistic ones, Miles Turner. I was just going to say, I would um, love if we could. I feel like he's the can. most obvious one. Another one is Jakob Pertl. I don't know if I could take on a Jakob Pertl for Wiseman. Yeah. Uh, don't love the sound of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, outside of that, man, I. Maybe you could convince like here's like uh I'm looking into zero rumors at all and just like a, maybe like a, a throw out is can maybe try to convince like but I don't even know if I'd want this like for a Clint Capella but we don't need that kind of offensive player um, yeah I think he's and then it's like we're looking at smaller players and picks in return then so it's like maybe we just want a, a first round pick of some stuff 
to fill the bench. And I'd be happy with that, to be honest, too. If we can get like a a solid big. Hell, I even, I mean, other stuff that's going around is like signing Dwight Howard. Um, yeah, he just signed in Taiwan the other day, I think, right? Did he really? Yeah, I think he just signed a contract to play in Taiwan. Because um, he, was, he was campaigning to come to the Warriors. He was saying he'd be perfectly fit. He'd be able to teach the young guys and bring defense and rebounding but oh um, yeah dude as if he's catching a flight ago. yep did it say dude. the team name Taoyuan leopards oh he's gonna be a leopard he's a leopard <laughs> um well, so put yeah. that one to bed <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think he'll be coming to the bay area anytime soon which is probably for the best yeah so yeah i mean miles turner sign me up um would love that he went off the other night too i think he had like 35 and 14 He's playing very well. Yeah. Just came back too. Yeah. Um, what how about you? Anybody else outside of those two to three players? Well, like you said, Jakob is the the guy that everyone's been talking about, but I I would be fucking hard if we were able to work out a deal for Miles Turner. That would be incredible. Yeah, I just don't probably not gonna happen, but you know. A boy can dream. Because we'd have to somehow make up the money, wouldn't we? What's his contract looking like? Yeah, it would probably have to be like Wiseman and DiVincenzo for him, which I don't think you do that. You don't have enough people on the bench to shore up that uh, losing those two. So Yeah, but 18 and 8 with three blocks a game. Yeah, it's not bad. 40% not bad. From the, 40% from three for a game. Uh, Monday night, they, they they beat New Orleans. He had 37 points, 12 rebounds, three blocks. I mean, in 37 minutes, he's nasty. Like when when he's on the floor and they're giving him minutes, he usually produces. Weird guy, loves Legos. Yeah, yeah. It always surprises me how young he is. I think especially because every single season he's like the main name in the uh, trade rumor mill. Yep, and he and he never gets traded. Um, but yeah, supposedly he's kind of a, a weirdo. I don't know how the, the locker room vibes would be, but he likes Legos. That's pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> I still don't like to take him. Yeah. It sucks with these moments that we're in where it's like, why is this not working out? Kaminga's not working out. And it's just like all these hypotheticals of like, let's go back and think about who we should have drafted or who should we trade these yeah. guys for? It's, it's tough. It's easy to get wrapped up in it, and it's like, okay, what can we actually do? Um, stay the course. Stay the course. We still have another roster spot that we haven't really like used yet. So, like, mm-hmm. is there somewhere that we can plug in? Someone we can plug in that's older. I mean, like, we need some fucking adults on that bench, uh, but that can also produce um, on the wing defensively. I'm gonna throw a name out there. I got? don't actually. Let me check. I don't. Think he's signed anywhere in the United States, but uh, let's see. Free agent. Let's do it. He's had two stints with us already. Kenneth Lamont, Kent Bazemore. What do you think? He's a wing. He's a defender. Oh, he usually man. knocks down the open jumper. He's known to be one of the biggest bench mob guys in the NBA, especially he was like Steph's biggest cheerleader in his first two seasons with the Warriors. Uh, Under Armour guy, they love him. He would make up a great golf foursome with Iguodala, Steph Curry, and uh, whoever else would want to join. I would say, I mean, br- bring him, a- bring him aboard. You know, it, it, like for the vibes, if nothing else, you know. 
Well, this for the vibes, it is also like you need someone who knows either how to run the system or knows the system. And like mm-hmm. I'm looking at names right now. God, I <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'll take Al Farouk Aminu over him. Oh, give me the prince. <laughs> I was gonna say prince, huh? Give me the prince. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's not really. That's just trash. Yeah, we're just throwing uh, spaghetti at the wall at this point. Yeah, but like seriously, like it's like we're seeing, and I don't know about if it's just this year or it's just because of how we're playing. Like you're getting way more like vocal sound bites from a hot mic during games where it's like. People screaming at Moody to get down or (laughs) Lamb to cut or Wiseman to like get back. And it's just like the old guys. So like her coaching and staff player over 30, they're like running their voice hoarse, yelling at these guys. And it's, it's not working. Like it's not, they're not being receptive to it. They're They're just continuing to like sulk and get upset over this stuff. And like, I think the biggest thing that we saw over the weekend or over the road trip was in Orlando when uh, Steph was coming down, visibly calling for a screen from Wiseman, who kind of oh. just like shuffled his feet up to the top, set a weak ass screen, and then like threw his arms up in the air because someone yelled at him. And it's just like, what are we doing with these kids, man? Like, yeah. And there's and no one I... on the bench to talk to him. Right. Yeah. I think the other night, it might have been in the the Kings game, Moody was on the floor and Steph was like, did one of his dramatic, like he was dribbling and kind of jumped and waved his arm like, like Get you up keep me. moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> supposed to cut under the basket, keep moving. And these guys just don't really, I mean, they haven't grasped the flow of our offense. And if Steve Kerr has made it very apparent, if you are not playing within the confines of his system, you are not going to be playing. You will be. Yeah. Riding that pine, and Kaminga is finding out the hard way. Fuck, man, Moody is too. He played what five minutes last on Monday. Yeah, I don't even think he got in in the first quarter. Yeah, Moody played nine minutes. Like it's every bench player is a minus, and like if they play enough <laughs> minutes, ten plus minus. Like, yeah, it's bad. I think Moody was the best plus minus against the Kings, and he was a minus one in nine minutes. Kaminga was a minus 17 in nine minutes. Like, what are we doing? And it's what funny, too, because, like, Kaminga will have these highlight plays, like that dunk that he had where it, he just kept him. going up. Yeah, yeah. Um, And people were losing their shit on the internet over it. And it's like, yeah, okay. That was literally the only good thing he did all game. Like, he was yeah. found himself lost on both ends. Continues layups, to. dropping passes. Like yeah, it, he's too nervous out there. He plays good when he knows he's going to log in about 30 minutes. If he yeah. if he thinks that he may get yanked because he does something stupid, he's in his head. But it's like, how do you fix that? Like how time? What's what's it going to take? Are we just going to afford to continue to be in like the bottom half of the West? You know, 10, 11, 12 in the West all season. Like we're going to run our starters to the bone. Like they're going to get yeah. fatigued. Like you're already seeing it a little bit. Like we just can't, the whole point of this whole like develop now when or win now develop for the future thing is like, we need to be giving our younger guys run to save the energy and health of our main guys. And if we're playing Steph, you know, 40 minutes. 40. Yeah. Getting him in at the 10 minute mark in the fourth quarter where he's like normally coming in at like Five seven, six, right? Yeah. yeah like that's, 
not sustainable long term. So I don't know, man. Something's got to give. We're going to keep tweaking. It's going to be continuing to be frustrating. I don't see this turning around anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got some tough matchups ahead of us. We played Cleveland, who's looking really good right now. Um, they are. They just lost a heartbreaker the other night to uh, the Clippers, but they're they're clicking. They're playing they're really well. Clicking. Then we go to Sacramento to play them again. Um, well, I'm sure we'll be wanting blood. Yeah. And then San Antonio has been shocking some people. And then we go to Phoenix. So it's like we needed to win at least one of those five on the road to save. Yeah, Vegas. losing losing an entire <laughs> game road trip is a tough look. That's a real tough look. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll um, see. I think getting Dante back is the first step, and then hopefully, uh, Kirk can shuffle some things together because Jamichael didn't even get on the floor against the Kings, which was surprising. Um, I think he's really trying to keep it at the five, Looney and Draymond for now. But like you said, how, how long are they going to be able to sustain that many minutes? Yeah, and like I'm big on Jamichael, but he just hasn't really been playing too well. Um, nah, he hasn't. Yeah, he's, yeah, his opportunities haven't really. He hasn't seized them, unfortunately. Yeah, so it's tough, man. Tough road ahead. Anything else you wanted? To, I mean, we could keep harping on on Wiseman. I was ready to go off last week. If we didn't have uh, some pals on, I was ready to yeah. rant and rave. I got about four more games left in me of Wiseman perform fully out on him. But um, <laughs> it's it's getting tough to continue to support him when he just <laughs> – he looks so green. It's so frustrating to watch. It's like, dude, I know that you have all these incredible teammates around you, like fostering your talent and showing you what to do. And it's just – especially with like the moments that you spoke about where he gets frustrated with not getting the ball or having to go set a screen for the best player in the entire world. Like humble yourself, dude, like know your role, humble yourself and produce. And it is not happening. Um, Yeah. So I think the only other thing that confused the shit out of me is how many minutes Anthony Lamb has been getting. But um, I think we both understand that somebody who plays the way Kerr likes to play, we'll get minutes no matter what. So it's going to keep happening, I guess. Yeah, it's nothing you can do about it. It's he's, no. he's playing. He plays Kerr's way. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't expect much from him. He had that game against and, and against New Orleans where I was like, he's actually making buckets, but then he kind he of started. Continues. Yeah. Um, but like he doesn't. He doesn't do too much. He doesn't do really he just kind of like is just there to stay stay the course a little bit. Like, yeah, he's not a positive. He's not that big of a negative. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of pudgy. He's not that great at defense. Dude, he gets cooked by everybody on the defensive. <laughs> yeah, he got yammed on by I forget who, but it was a vicious one. Um, but he's one of those. So. Ingram had him eating the floor even on yes. Monday. Like, De'Aaron would do a quick crossover. Now, De'Aaron will cross the majority of the people that are bigs in the league. Sure, um, but. He had a Lamsky looking sideways on some crossovers, but and by the way, I, I've been saying it for a couple seasons now, and I've been wrong every single time. But <clears throat> I feel like this has to be the year for for De'Aaron to make an All Star team. He's playing out of his mind. If the if if the Kings can work themselves into like a play in situation and be seated a little bit higher come February, I think he for sure should be named an All Star. Like he's he's cooking, bro. Like. His mid game, his mid range game is unreal, and he's the quickest player in the NBA, hands down. He's averaging twenty six, and what's fucking crazy? That's twelfth in the league. Mm-hmm. Like the the scoring, 
the these this season and as of late is just like he's efficient too dude like yeah 55 from the field 37 from three 86 from the line he he's really fucking good and i really do enjoy watching deer and play so i'm, I'm yeah. hoping he can get an all-star bid this year we'll see yeah that would be huge when was the Maybe last team to get uh, in the all-star boogie well, did he make an all-star ooh. boogie had to have right yeah i feel like it had to have been boogie um yeah so yeah, we'll see. Maybe he can slide into Dejounte's spot that he had last year. That's true. The Kings are frisky, man. They very. They're not going to win a ton of games, but <laughs> they're a frisky they'll, bunch, man. So they're piss fun you to watch. Off. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Herder on the Kings. I think he's he's nice Head in that hurt. system. Headband hurt. <laughs> Headband Herder is is fucking very good. I'm a yeah. huge fan of the way he gets to kind of create with the ball on that team. Yeah, and then your boy Mike Brown's coaching them. You're uh your yes. neighbor so yeah yeah my neighbor seen him at the pottery barn in uh in roseville he had on the the most wild fit you could think of he had on like <laughs> i think he had on slip-on vans with like a harley davidson t-shirt and looked like some true religion jeans the man's got such like just, just cookout vibes that just waiting at the front counter for his wife to order like a fucking lamp or something and I'm just Barry like, got the belt sticking out of his pants. <laughs> yeah, he for sure had the buckle on display. I'm like, what is uh, Mike Brown doing in Pottery Barn? So yeah. shout out to him. <laughs> Man, putting it on. He's yeah, he got that shit on. <laughs> He's always got that shit on. Kerr has always said that too. When when the coaches switch to uh, when they're able to wear warmups instead of suits. Yeah, I think I think Kerr was like, oh well, I I love it, but I think Mike Brown's going to be pretty disappointed. He likes oh, to dress. Right. He's trying to get those belt buckles out, dog. <laughs> exactly. He's like, man, I didn't get my suits altered for this shit. Ferragamos, man. <laughs> you can't even spell Versace. <laughs> uh, but it's it's. I know we've been complaining for this last whole hour, but it it, <laughs> it puts a damper on an incredible night last night by Steph or Monday night. Um, yes. Like I said, to open up 47, 70% from the field. Finished with what nine boards, eight assists. He had sort of those like mini LeBron type triple double numbers. Um, he probably would have had a fifty ball if they would have called some fucking fouls and respected him. But man, he only got to the line seven times. He was getting dogged out there, especially compared yeah. to all the other stuff they were calling. Like, yeah, I think the one that he got in the rest face with about like. A no call for an average player, not a no call for a player like Steph's caliber. Yeah. Um, so, but again, he did it in the same way he like kicked the chair. What was it last year or two seasons ago? Yeah. Got to get the team fired up. Um, he's the only one showing a lot of fire. And I'm sure he's getting real tired of that. He's getting very tired of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's about to be fucking 35 this year. Yeah, man. They don't talk about him being a father of three. <laughs> I'm just saying he doesn't talk saying. about him being a father of three <laughs> father yeah. time does but not Steph hey, man. he's averaging 32 7 and 6 7 boards just about 7 assists so it's like you got that dog in him you got that dog in him but let's keep talking about other players for MVP so we're just witnessing greatness um, to yeah. pimp a three like he did at the end oh. of the fourth like it's just it's speechless watching the dude play um mm-hmm. so and those jerseys are fucking clean we just got to go on the jerseys those are elite yeah. elite the jerseys that they're rocking 
Yeah, the TMCs are sexy. I'm going to have to get myself one of those this year. Still trying to figure out who. But yeah, those are very, very nice. I wonder if they'll do the the white home ones next year. I feel like they kind of switch off home and away. Oof. Would that make you delay your purchase? Would you rather go white or blue? No, I think I like the the away blues better, actually, in, yeah. in that jersey. I feel yeah. like I'm always going to spill fucking ketchup on a white jersey or something like that. You know, some enchilada hey, sauce. Man. Like, ah, it's ruined. <laughs> Can't wear it. Where's my Tide pen? <laughs> yeah, I bought a Tide pen for my white Jordan Poole jersey. First oh. night wearing it, spilled fucking ketchup on it. I'm with you, man. <laughs> Did you keep that thing on you? Did you have the Tide? Oh, yeah. Fresh okay. as the bird, baby. There we go. See, fresh. I, I would go out of my way to buy the Tide pen and then forget it at home and spill all over myself and be fucked. So I'm glad you kept it on. Yeah. By the way, things don't work. Had to use like old girls like makeup <laughs> remover to actually get the stain out. So yeah, it's a farce. Yeah, we're not getting paid by Tide in this place, so I ain't supporting yeah. it like that. Fuck Tide. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So aside from basketball, yeah, bringing back an old segment, um, mm. a segment that maybe some of you thought we'd be talking about during the. Uh, the, the the Game of Thrones spinoff, House of Dragon. Um, mm. One half of this pod does not entertain the Thrones, so we kept that one Sorry. in the back pocket. But yes. what are the boys watching is back. Yes. What are the boys watching is back. And right now the boys are watching Love is Blind Season 3. So Season 3, baby. For our uh, uh, non-sports fan listeners. This one's for y'all. Season three yes. of Love is Blind. For those who don't know what Love is Blind is, um, it's a Netflix reality show where lovers, potential lovers, meet <laughs> uh, behind a wall where they can't see each other face to face. They talk, they connect, they fall in love, they propose to one another, and they get married within four weeks. And chaos just ensues. So third mm-hmm. season in, um, I'm going to preface it with I've seen of the seven episodes, three and a half. So, sure. Matt, I'll let you sort of set the stage of what's going on um, since you're way more involved in the series. Yeah, I'm caught up. I've uh, I've watched everything that they've had to offer us so far. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess more so key characters. Like, who who are you enjoying this season and, and who are you hating? Um, and I guess I, I can start if you'd like. Uh, I'm, I am not a fan of uh Bartise who was is engaged to Nancy, Nancy I believe uh Bartise is like the big dude who constantly talks about going to the gym and you know appearances everything and uh he had that really big monologue I think at the end of episode two or three I forget which one it was where the cast finally met up with each other and saw in person for the first time the people that they did not propose to so it was pretty much just like oh you flirted with these people behind closed doors for a week or or whatever it was, made a connection. You almost proposed to them. Well, here's a whole bunch of fucking alcohol. Go here <laughs> with the person that you did propose to and meet all the other people that you almost got with and see what kind of chaos ensues. With your fiance on your side too. It's not like they're yes. not there too. So they're there no, as well. They are all there. He's talking about how much him and Nancy are fucking um, with all the other guys. He's just a dog. And yeah. then he gets back to the room with his fiance and she says, uh, Oh, yeah, you know, I, I saw these guys who I talked to for a little bit and I looked at you and I was like, I'm good. Like, I love where I'm at. And he goes, 
Oh, for real? I had the exact opposite situation with me. <laughs> like it was a smoke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Raven's a smoke show. I'm very attracted to her. People would come up to her in real life, blah, blah, blah. So not a fan of his. Uh, and I also can't stand, I think his name is Cole. Oh, was, yeah, with uh, with Zenob. Yeah. Zenob is by far my favorite. Fucking love her. She's incredible. Oh. We, okay, embrace debate. Where are you at on Zenob? Uh, I think she's incredible. Beautiful girl. She shouldn't be with childish ass Cole. That's she shouldn't favorite. be with childish ass Cole. Um, I feel bad for Zenob because of Cole's punk ass. And she's um, got a tough, tough family life, tough upbringing. Lost yeah. both her folks. Yeah. So she's got a tough. She got a tough story. Um, Cole makes her and that like couple like not that fun to watch. I just find <laughs> it like it makes her look annoying, which sucks because like when it boils down to it, like. She is like a real one compared to everybody else. Oh yeah. Um, going Flying into it, me. I was a fan of that dude Matt, but he's pissing me off as the series goes on. Um, oh yeah, the 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 short one who's with the, Colleen, right? Yeah, who just got way too much anxiety Energy. going on. Yeah, <laughs> he was funny in those time, first couple of episodes. Like, oh fuck, man, this is sick. And yeah, then he and just, then, like turns into a tool. <laughs> literally, all he does is uh, when he's talking to people, he goes, "I love that, love that, I love that." Love that. It's like his response to to fucking everything. Yeah, I'm kind of like that. He looks like one of those dudes that like definitely a short king. Where if you're talking to him, <laughs> he's looking up at you and like deep into your eyes yeah. and like bouncing. <laughs> we all know a guy like that. And yeah, he's very he's a very intense <laughs> listener and a very intense talker. Um, yeah, he's like so I'm on a, half the time too. Yeah, I'm on a website right now that gives a little. Hey, how are you about all the cast? And oh. for for him, it says why he joined Love is Blind to break down his walls and open back up to someone in order to build a relationship. So that that's what yeah, Matt's on the show for. Yeah, I'm I'm cool. I'm fucking cool. <laughs> uh, I like SK. Uh, Huge fan know. of SK. Yeah, he's the Nigerian prince. The Nigerian prince. I can already he's tell it's a... just not going to work out with him in a miss raven but so where so where are you at on raven because when i started i was big 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 on on sk love him think he's gonna do his thing at berkeley in grad school and i thought that raven was just like a superficial i hate to use the b word but i, I thought she was whack she's like yeah. a pilates instructor uh, i don't want to give away too many spoilers for you um, but i've i've come around on raven so i'm curious mm. where you're at on her what what your vibe is um I feel like I had a similar take. I just think at the end of the day, like she is getting is gonna be too wrapped up in like her current circle in life to where she's not gonna wanna like truly commit to SK. I also don't know if he's gonna be like, I'm all here for this as well. Like he might be the guy to be like, I'm gonna let you do you and therefore I'm gonna say no kind of thing. So Sure. Um, yeah, I, it's it. That's funny. It's like I don't feel great about any of these fucking relationships. As far as like previous seasons, you kind of tell, oh, this one's a lock. This one's like, I would, simple. I would say there's one for me. I think there's one relationship that I think is going fucking to last. Brennan, <laughs> Brennan and Alexa. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of them. Brennan is the country, country cowboy. Uh, yeah, tall dude. Uh, just so fucking down for his woman, Alexa. She's like the 27 year old Israeli Jewish girl 
who comes from like a balling ass family. You'll you'll Lambos see when they and shit. When yeah, they I saw that family. part. Yeah, her dad is like the the greasiest Israeli dude who's just like making deals. You could tell he's <laughs> rich as fuck. Um, yeah. So I'm 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 all in on on Brennan and Alexa. I think they have real love and uh, real. I I big fan. I believe in that. Um, yeah. But I mean, he seems to be a little scaredy pants. So we'll see how that. Uh, yeah. Oh, that place does out. seem a little timid. I think her <laughs> her uh, family wealth and as like how involved and explicit her family is turns yeah. him away because he's he's definitely a gentleman. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, ma'am. Type dude. <laughs> Country as you boy. Can, as you can fan. see, yeah, very into this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said they still have to release the final two episodes. Uh, it's either one or two. So I, I think okay. I've watched up to episode nine. And I would imagine that they're going to drop episode 10 in the reunion uh, on Wednesday. So got it. Today. So after, so once they get engaged, they meet face to face, then they go take a little quote unquote, like engagement moon where they all get together, then go back to the real world, meet their families, families, either give a thumbs up, thumbs down, drama ensues. Then they get married. And the big climax of the show is it's, do you say I do or do you take this man or woman as your wife? And there's a lot of suspense and they either say yes or no. And that's where shit pops off. So we're about two episodes away from the the yes or no at the altar. Um, I'm ready to buckle up for this shit, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm (laughs) fully into this compared to the other. I I really like season one. Season two had its moments, but I got to ask you a question. With this season and the drama, this is a heavily produced show. Um, for sure. How does this compare to the Bachelor, Bachelorette, mm. demonic producers? Because I feel like these motherfuckers this season have been top tier, yeah. devious with like the devious acts have been crazy. <laughs> they definitely have. They they've uh. St- but you know what? It's funny because like I feel like with the Bachelor, I and I'm kind of like a reformed Bachelor watcher. I haven't tuned in in many oh. many seasons. Um, but they would kind of like stir up issues and drama and and almost it looks like they made up storylines with this the producers are just feeding them alcohol and letting them get into the debauchery themselves which i much more appreciate i think love is blind is much more of like a booze filled confrontation rather than like a producer pulling a guy over and being like hey "Hey, i i heard that uh he has a girlfriend at home you should go tell the bachelorette that he's not here for the right reasons and then like a big hey bro I got. I got to look out for her best interest. That's <laughs> that's like what you what you get in the Bachelor. Here it's just like, oh, uh, I think Raven thinks Bartice is hot. Like, let's just feed them tequila at a bar until they like fight. <laughs> until someone says something, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but that might make them more devious. They just know that like true. this shit's gonna pop off because it's so ridiculous of a of a concept. Right. Um, and let's just keep mixing it up in booze filled events. It's. It's devious work nonetheless because the bachelor bachelorette, like you're just gonna you're gonna engage with that person, but like it's the stakes in this show is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> they really are. Um, which last person I wanted to ask you about, what what was your take on uh Andrew, who was dating Nancy? Oh, in the, the the eye drops dude. Yes, yes. I, I was devil. I, <laughs> he was a fucking sexual demon. <laughs> I was so mad that he didn't uh, make it any farther because he was telling Nancy all about like a 
42 year old woman in Bali who taught See, him I missed how to that. Like, I was told oh, about that man. from on the uh, the in home recaps, but sure, I only know him from like giving some fake ass poetry in the pods, dropping eye drops in his eyes, and then like talking to Nancy at the bar and just like literally being fed questions to ask her with a shit eating grin on his face. Yeah. Yeah, he he's incredible. I was bummed that he he was <laughs> off the show early. I wanted to see more Andrew content. That was my one what if. <laughs> Devil ass guy. <laughs> he, he was like, oh, I lived in Bali and was with this 42-year-old woman who told me how to hold my climax. <laughs> like, what? This guy's just reading the Kama Sutra on his travels. I think he said uh, he used to be a... Uh, he's like a consultant his... turned like... Yes, wildlife, photographer. wildlife photographer yeah yeah well, i he's mean got some sick on. pictures i came across his instagram oh Lion i gotta check the gram. he's got some sick lion photos and shit so oh uh, you know what i'm doing after we hang up oh <laughs> yeah stalking this boy's instagram <laughs> <laughs> um and with that that'll do it um yes. matt's got some instagrams to stock um <laughs> some chamomile to sip um mm-hmm. we've got some sleep to catch up on so we will catch y'all not next week, but the week after. We'll be taking a week off. Um, I'll be out on some travels. So um, we'll catch y'all the week leading up to uh, almost Thanksgiving. And uh, until then, we appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for the love and support. Um, we may or may not have some additional merch coming for the holidays. Ooh. So keep an eye out on the gram. It is cold. It's a chilly 40 something degrees out here in the Bay Area to so get yourself an ice cold hoodie, maybe mm-hmm. a black, maybe a blue. Um, whatever you're feeling. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch y'all next week or two weeks. Sorry, yep, <laughs> peace. <laughs> <laughs>